Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Barely, Sir or Madame, thou hast graced the hallowed halls of Luz Donner with thine esteemed presence. Ah, your humble servant, Patrick, bid thee welcome on this auspicious morn, where we stand on the cusp of a veritable banquet of muffins. Patrick! Yes, Kelly? This is a diner, not a Shakespeare play. Get on with it. I understand, Kelly. I'm just welcoming the guests. I'm sorry, everyone. Patrick just gets a wild hair every once in a while, so it's best to just let him finish. No, now it's called drama class. I don't care. Tell them the burgers are down again. We only got one thing on the menu. Oh, okay, Kelly. I'll, I'll let them know. Now, where was I? Oh, oh, yes. Fret not, fair patron. For though the furnace of our culinary haven hath forsaken us this day, fear not! For I shall bequeath unto thee a feast of muffins! You are crazy, Patrick. We are out of muffins. How many times do I have to tell you we only have a podcast fish on the menu? I'm ignoring you. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, on with the performance. Now, prepare thine eyes to behold the solitary sentinel of sustenance, a blueberry muffin, a beacon in the gastronomic wilderness ushering thee into the hallowed halls of... have any muffins! Now stop that. I'm trying to talk. <clears throat> Alas, noble patron, behold our barren pantry devoid of muffins in its solemn emptiness. Oh, I can't do this anymore. I'm done with this shit. I, I can't and hear you, you can never remember the I, menu. I can't hear you. Know, this is the last episode of this podcast series special because I'm done. Fare thee well, kind patron, as thou embarketh upon the most splendid voyage of intellect and wonder. Behold the third and final episode of the revered new unschooler survival guide grandly titled Preparing for Unschooling until our paths doth cross once more in the morrow's light. Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our homeschool rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. Welcome to another episode of Unschooled Unleashed. Today we're doing the third installment of New Unschoolers Survival Guide. 
So this is the third episode in the installment and today's is preparing for unschooling. This is specifically for parents new to unschooling. And if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, we cover quite a bit, including uh, what to expect when you first start unschooling, specifically the de-schooling process or in the first two episodes. And I highly recommend you listen to those. But once you have a firm understanding of unschooling, rather de-schooling, move on to this. We're preparing for unschooling. So we'll jump right in. The first thing I think people should do, and this is all from my perspective, of course, get in the mindset of unschooling. This is also important with de-schooling and de-schooling. It's integral. You'll never make it through unless you have the right mindset and the right vision in place. But with unschooling, we're in a marathon. It's not just the de-schooling process that can last just months or a year. It is now a lifestyle. So we're going to move into the mindset of unschooling. And this is the transition from traditional schooling to unschooling. And it's a huge philosophical shift. The philosophy of unschooling is unschooling is an educational philosophy and practice that rejects traditional structured schooling in favor of child-directed learning. If you haven't listened to the episode on what is unschooling, go back all the way to the beginning of this podcast and listen to that because you really need a good understanding of what you're getting into. Otherwise, you're probably going to start pressuring your children and the whole thing will defeat itself and implode. Don't implode. Now, in unschooling, the mindset of the parents or the role of the parents are facilitators, not dictators. They're more guides and they provide resources. And I always like to say parents are to provide a 10 out of 10 support, which means you're going to encourage them, walk with them, not tell them what to do. You're going to help them dive in to whatever their interests are the best you can by providing those resources. So this is, um, if they're interested in dinosaurs, you're going to take them to a, a museum on dinosaurs. You're going to get them books on dinosaurs. You're going to maybe even enroll them in a course in dinosaurs because they enjoy that. Again, I'm not, this is my philosophy, I'm not opposed to curriculum. I'm just opposed to mandatory or compulsory curriculum, which is what they do in schools and a lot of parents do in homeschooling. I like to move more at the pace of the child and let them really get to know themselves along the way. And our job as parents is to provide exposure to different environments, uh, different experiences, ideas to help them learn more about themselves and find out what interests them so that way they we can dive in. So we provide those resources. In addition to the mindset, we need to embrace uncertainty and curiosity. This will feel like a free fall, but take it as the day comes. Just engage with your children. Remember that we're not following a curriculum by definition we're dealing with uncertainty. When we believe in unschooling, we believe in leaning into curiosity and the curiosity will eventually lead to learning, right? Because we're gonna dive into something, find something that's, ooh, that's interesting. Why, why does it do that? Why do, I, I don't understand that. Let me dive more in, let me learn more about it. We're leaning on curiosity and we're fully embracing that. So embrace uncertainty and curiosity. And just remember, if you're just beginning De-schooling will take time, but the fruits will grow eventually, and it will turn into just unschooling, and you got to just have faith. You'll get there through the de-schooling process, and even during the unschooling journey, it is difficult, but have faith. And eventually, the children will fall back in love with learning. 
just for those who maybe haven't followed the string of episodes that we created called New Unschooler Survival Guide and they didn't do the de-schooling ones, I just wanted to find out de-schooling real quick. De-schooling involves unlearning the beliefs, habits, and practices associated with formal education. It's a time to decompress and detach from the regimented schedule, standardized testing, and curriculum-driven method methodologies that characterized in institutionalized education. This can be homeschooling with a mandatory curriculum or going to a traditional school or compulsory, compulsory schooling. And this is a time where we really kind of just like let everything settle down and we adopt the unschooling philosophy and get used to it. So it's a transition period for both parents and children and children hopefully fall back in love with their learning. So remember that's all a part of the mindset and you, you never know when you kind of transition, at least I don't think most people, it's so evident that they're transitioning from de-schooling to unschooling. So just keep that in mind. Next, when comparing uns for unschooling, I think it's important to embrace the principles of unschooling. Embracing the principles of unschooling is going to vary from family to family because honestly, you're the driver of your family. You know, you're the captain of your ship, if that makes sense. And you're pointing towards the Americas and you're going to set sail west. But uh, you know, ultimately, you decide how much of the, the principles you're going to adopt. And some people choose to adopt, adopt all of them and do unschooling. Some people do radical unschooling. Some people do my version, which I want to come up with a name with, which is all the principles of unschooling except I am a, I provide tools and resources and direction. You know, walk with them as a guide uh, on a 10 out of 10 level and establish myself in that role of guide because I believe that's, what we should do as parents, provide the structure, all that stuff. Uh, but let, let's go into the principles of unschooling. Now, there is a whole episode on the principles of unschooling, if you go a couple back, so feel free to check that out. We're just going to cover it at a high level here. But first principle is child-led learning. And, <laughs> man, this is uh, very difficult for brand new unschoolers. But we want to allow the child to direct their own learning. We're going to allow them to dive into whatever they choose to do. Now, obviously, there's ethical and moral things that we don't want to let them do, but I mean, within reason, right? We're going to allow them to dive into my previous example, dinosaurs, and just learn top to bottom about dinosaurs. We're going to allow them to... Uh, Find out what they don't like. Maybe they dive into something and they spent six months on it. Then they back off completely. And we just take that as a life lesson. Hey, I got what I needed out of that. Now moving on. I'm not interested anymore. It's not wasted time. Okay? Just remember that. If you reflect back on your childhood and your early adult life, when you found something that you were able to put all of yourself into for a moment, I bet there's a meta skill within there. Like you were able to just focus in on something and you learned how to focus or you learned how to conquer something 
or you know these types of meta skills that transfer from from to to anything that you want to apply to so just remember that those things are also being cultivated at this point whereas if you're in school and you're not allowed to direct your own learning as a child you never really build those skills not not with a uh, school anyway you do it outside of school and how much time do you have for that after seven and a half hours of learning busing to and from school in addition we're going to give you worksheets to work on at home and your parents have to go over and try and help you catch up with everything that you didn't understand in school because they can't do an individualized approach i digress anyways childhood learning i just say back off parents let them direct their learning that's kind of the easy way to remember it the next principle is interest-based learning closely tied to child-led learning but interest-based learning is really where the stress-free stuff comes from in unschooling for everyone if someone's interested like the child's interested they're super into it you don't have to force them to do it they're interested they're asking for it so you can just like kind of coast for a bit just provide them tools resources all that stuff more exposure to help them really be able to learn as at their at, at the rate that they were designed to learn at uh, if we're if we're going off interest-based learning if we're using that as a principle is one of our uh, principles to education for our children then we are going to have to spend less energy and time on this as well. And that's where there's less stress. And this is for both the child and the parent. Interest, anything you want, you dive into it 100%. And I'm going to go over and help you be successful by providing you with the resources. This is what we do as the parents. We also provide connections to other people that might be able to help them dive in more, maybe connect them with other people who have passions, but they can just dive into it. And I think this is where the genius is truly created. Uh, gosh, this is the exact opposite of school, and I'm not going to go there. We'll continue. Oh, let me let me say this. For those of you who are new to unschooling, this is where you're going to destroy some of your some of the kids curiosity and intrinsic motivation to learn because you're going to try and steer them into something or not even steer them pressure them into some learning something that you think is necessary for example math reading writing that kind of stuff technology will she's usually easy one for kids but if you go over and give them pressure and say, you got to learn this, you got to learn that, you're gonna, it's not interest-based learning. And they're not able to do uh, any child-led learning. They're not able to pick. You might say, well, I'm going to go over and just pressure them in the areas that I want them to do. And that's fine. You can do that. You're the parent. But I believe the more we adopt the unschooling philosophy and the principles that give us the unschooling philosophy, the more successful our children are going to be at their given genius. And everyone's created unique. And we're helping them cultivate their unique genius. Interest-based learning is how that happens. Next uh, principle in unschooling that we should embrace or 
choose to embrace. <laughs> it's not top-down in this podcast. Top-down learning. Um, is learning through real-life experiences. I think this is the secret sauce to making it r- real, to, to really feeling a result on the other end, to create the vision of the future that compels the child to move forward. So for example, if I want to, not I, if my child wants to build a video game, well, we allow them to play around with coding to create video games and get real world application and tinkering with it will actually be learning. In fact, uh, children, if I understand this all right, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I don't, but children are able to figure things out pretty quickly without instruction. They just play around with something and that's how they explore the world and they're able to make connections in their brain to be able to figure it out. Now, adults can do the same thing, but we're so, uh, how do I say it lightly? We're so indoctrinated that it has to be top-down instruction that we stopped doing that at some point. Now, some of us still do, and that's probably something that we're intrinsically motivated with. For example, if you'd like doing photography, you might just get out there and have to just get out, shoot some pictures, but you play around with it. You don't go, I'm gonna sign up for a class and just do everything they say, although you might do that to get back into it, and that's a good foundation, but really our creative genius happens when we play around and we experiment. This happens in real-world applications. It's not through a textbook. So we really have to allow those connections to be built so that way when they see something in the future that they want, say they want to be an engineer, that they go over and can sit down and learn the math to be able to be that engineer because now they're interested interested in it because they see something that they want. I think that's a great strategy. Next is intrinsic motivation. This is where unschooling trust in the child's innate curiosity and desire to understand the world. So we're relying on curiosity to drive them forward. I like to think of traditional schooling or compulsory schooling is fear-based. We're following a mandatory curriculum and if you don't regurgitate what I tell you on the test and get good grades, or show up when I tell you, or complete the worksheets that I tell you, then you're going to get a bad grade and that's not what you want. So it's fear-based. There's no vision of the future on the other side of that. I, I think if there is, it's it's the exception, not the rule. It's not because schooling put that into them. And there might be a good teacher who put that into them or a good adult that helped guide them or they just reject schooling whatsoever and they're going to somewhere else in their life and they just see it. I think it happens at the expense of schooling. When we switch to unschooling, we're switching over to an intrinsic motivation to learn. I know why I want to learn that. It's purposeful. It's moving towards something, not running from something. And we're not going to use the reward punishment, the cycle to stimulate learning. Instead, we're going to give the freedom and support to help them naturally seek knowledge. Isn't that what we do as adults? We want to move towards something unless you're not unschooled yourself as an adult and you're trying to 
somehow survive the constant pressures of life. You have a boss standing over you, top-down instruction, telling you what to do. And you have a hard time moving forward on your own because you don't have any intrinsic motivation. You have to have someone else pressuring you. This is where I think the coaching business is going to only accelerate because we're only leaning into schooling even more as a society, at least in the United States. And I, and I assume this is happening across many countries. I think the motivation to do more schooling has only increased <laughs> across the globe. And you, you don't realize how much you need some accountability to just do the stuff you say you want to do or that you say you're going to do because you're so used to having someone stand over you and just say, this is what you need to do. And you just follow the steps. I personally have tried to step out of the workforce for this reason, because I want to develop myself in unique ways and really put my money where my mouth is. Cause I'm a model to my children. I'm going to unschool myself and become an entrepreneur because I believe that I can be drawn towards something that my life can be purposeful. So I model it myself and have unique ways to do that on my own. But I also try and encourage my kids to do the same by allowing them to determine their own direction and interest-based learning and all that stuff. But really believing in the curiosity will propel them forward. And me as an adult, I just try and stay curious and help others when I see that there's something I can. Next principle is respect for the child. Unschooling places the value on the child's thoughts, desires, and decisions, and it treats them as capable individuals with their own unique strengths rather than treating them as empty vessels that can be filled with information. I really emphasize respect for the child because you are to build that relationship of being uh, a guide in life. You point them in the right direction, hopefully establish yourself in that role. That's what I'm really big into. I don't believe they're empty vessels just filled, needing to be filled with information. I think we're way past that. We're, I think we're moving beyond the information age, and sometime I'll talk about that. But I think we're moving more into a creative era where we're going to be using technology to create. And information is information. It's all out there, and it can be mixed a hundred different ways, and no one knows what's the truth and what's not. <laughs> But we can create. We can create value. And we can use tools to do that. And there's many more tools today. And I want to prepare my children for that using uh, the technology of tomorrow, amongst other things. I want to cultivate quite a bit. But that's a tangent I won't go into. But I will respect, back on track, I, I will respect my child, their thoughts, desires, and their decisions. Because that's who they are. They're a person of value, and I treat them like that. And I respect their decisions because that's what I want other people to do. And I make sure that they know that they are the author of their life because they are. And when they get to be an adult, guess what? You got two choices. When they're an adult and I'm gone off this planet, they're going to flounder or they're going to succeed. And my goal is to allow them to make their own decisions and fail within my household so they learn the lessons without all the downside. Of course, there still will be downside. But I want them, I want to be, I, I hate the word safety net, but I can 
mitigate catastrophe and allow them to feel the consequences of their actions with the minimum amount required to learn the lesson. So they feel the consequences enough to learn from it. And this is what I call learning the hard way because they didn't want to hear my words and take anything I said seriously. So they tried it on their own, but you know, that's going to happen. That's, that's what, that's what we do. We're, we're humans and we, we like to take risks and we like to do things our, our own way. And that's fine. I want to do it in my house when, uh, it doesn't financially break them or whatever the, uh, means of destructions are. The next principle, the last principle is flexibility. Un unschooling appreciates that each child is unique and the learning is not a one-size-fits-all approach. It allows for flexibility in learning styles, pace, content, adjusting to individual needs and rhythms of the child. And we really need to embrace this principle because when we're that dictating parent, top-down instructions, and we want goals, 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 progress, 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 and we don't see any hap happening, we start to impose our will on the child. That violates a lot of principles, including flexibility, because we need to be flexible in every way we can, because our day days are going to vary. They're, each child's unique. We're not following a curriculum, therefore pacing is not held to whatever the curriculum says. It's held to whatever the child can not only tolerate, but desires. And we just based off the uh, rhythms of the child. And we just provide tools, resources to allow them to do that. And I think that uh, not only respects the child, but it allows the child love learning, interest-based learning, and helps them build that intrinsic motivation. So those are the principles. So we need to embrace all those principles. And again, I really encourage you to go back through the episode of uh, embracing uh, the unschooling principles that we cover, where we go into a little bit more detail than that. Now, what we also need to do is prepare the home environment to create a conducive learning environment. Now, this one can be tricky, but I'm going to give you some practical tips. First off, structure your day. Allow for times for learning, time for play, time to read, time for video games, time for activities, time for whatever. There's limitless possibilities. And the way I do that is... Uh, when they go to bed, they can stay up as late as they want, and we give them books. And this allows them to know when they want to go to bed, how much sleep they need, what their good what a good bedtime is, and I allow them to wake up and read the books whenever they want, which allows them to uh, learn how much sleep they need again, and then also uh, when they wake up best and when they function best. But but in addition to that, they're going to have this focus time for reading. They really can't do much else. Or they can draw, but it has to be quiet, non-interactive with other children. And that allows a really unique time for learning, right? Reading, drawing, whatever it might be. We allow creative play in the morning. We don't really allow them to do too many screens in the morning. With ex There are some exceptions, but it's time for play, creative play. The more creative play we can get them out there doing, the more creative we hopefully will they will become. That's what the literature says, or at least that's what some of the theories posit. Uh, time for video games. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I allow video game nights, and then we have one day called, uh, we, we, 
we lovingly call it a freedom day because we're giving them all the freedom to make their own choices <laughs> about what they do with their time. But the whole day they can play video games or watch movies or go outside, do whatever you want. And when they know they have that video game time, which is important to my kids, they are able to let go and do other stuff, which is really cool. We also have time where they can work with us. And this provides structure for learning as well, because we can sit down and do math with them. When we've shown them that there's a big need for it and they agree and they want to know more about it because it's going to get them help get them to wherever. And then they feel they're good at it because we build them up and encourage them along the way. Uh, we do have to balance structure and freedom though, because there is a time for a lot of freedom and a time for limitations. And this is the strategy that I use in order to allow them to figure out uh, the world, let's say. Another thing is we, we have to have a clean environment and that really helps everyone. If, you're <clears throat> if your environment is dirty, your head's often cluttered. You know, it, I should say if your house is cluttered, your head's probably cluttered. So have a nice clean environment for them to learn in. And then just encourage various interests, reading, arts, math, science, technology, all that stuff. And that'll help provide uh, some structure for your kids. So next is building a support system. I believe this is going to be very important. We covered this also in the de-schooling process, but you're going to need it long-term, guys. You need to connect with other unschooling families, find a mentor, find community resources, because... It's a scary, scary, scary process. So don't do it alone. Don't unschool alone. <laughs> we also need to set goals and expectations, in my opinion. We just can't overdo it. We need to understand what I mean by that. And I have a whole, I have a two-part podcast that covers setting goals and unschooling, but we need to understand the child's interest and strengths and just pay attention. And then our goal is going to be to expose them to that and provide the tools to be able to uh, grow in that area. One thing I do want to stay away from is not we should we shouldn't frame it as goals to the children because it's more about what they would like to do and we just lean into it and that's really what I mean. We lean in to whatever they're interested in and really just allow them to flourish. So we have to emphasize flexibility and adaptability within this. And as far as expectations are concerned, our expectations around unschooling is that we provide a structure for the kids, the expectations uh, about what the days look like from here on out. We manage our own expectations where we're not imposing on the children. But uh, we will allow them to dive into whatever they want. And we have that structured time in order to learn in many different ways and just really help them thrive when they're an adult because we created these spaces where they learned how to thrive in it. You know, when you, if you learn how to focus as a kid, really focus and dive into something, that's incredible. So lastly, I'll cover some resources to help you get started. When you're unschooling again, adhere to the principles and then lean into libraries. They offer a ton. We here in the Cleveland area have 
one of the best library systems in the country, in the United States. And uh, they offer a ton. And whatever your kid might be interested in, maybe you can get them involved in that. You could do career centers. They offer a lot of classes. Schools even offer stuff. Like we've gotten our kids in after-school programs. When they wanted to compete against other kids in chess, you could even do competitions for that type of thing. You know, anything that they're into. Teachers. And I just don't just mean school teachers, but yeah, school teachers too, because they know a lot of the resources out there and they can point you in the right direction. But also teachers that uh, really can direct on a topic. They can go over and uh, explain the world with the way, whatever you're trying to learn in a way that's digestible to the child. Or they have a knowledge base that's larger than what you could provide. There's also groups that you can join. You know, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there where there's common interests and you can get the kids together or you have a common interest and you find people with children. That's a great way to get out there and get your kids moving. Uh, there's after school programs, uh, summer camps. You could do, there's, gosh, in the information age, you know, what I think we're coming to the end of, which I mentioned earlier. But information age or just the era of the internet. <laughs> we have podcasts and online resources and online classes, all that stuff. You have coaching that you can get to help walk you through unschooling and maybe developing your own uh, pillars and philosophies, principles, strategies. You can get them involved, get the kids involved in sports. You can get the kids, you could take classes. I mean, it, it, nature centers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on about what you can do. And all of a sudden, you start to see the world is filled with possibilities for your children. My, my eight-year-old wants to be an astronaut. He goes back and forth with it. It's a scientist, an astronaut, and what else? Well, I can't remember the third thing. But we're always oscillating with all those. And I'm like, hey, be all of them. <laughs> follow, your, follow your dreams, you know? And one of the things we did was we looked up space camp. And I'm like, hey, look at this. And he, he's like looking at space camp going, I want to do that. And those are the kind of things you could just dive into. And guess what else they're going to learn? They're just going to learn about the world and how things interact. It's going to be exciting with kids with similar interests. And man, isn't that the life you would want if you were a kid? I'm determined to give that to my children and prepare the rest of the world, the world's children, for the future in that way. Because we need bright minds. We need creative, bright minds for the future, because I believe that the future workforce is going to look vastly different. Most of the jobs that are going to be out there, we don't even have a name for yet. You know, most of the jobs in the future that are going to be available, like in the next five years, we don't even have a name for, is what they say. And they are very educated. So I always listen to what they say. I say, I say that jokingly. But anyways, you get my point. A lot of the future is unpredictable. But the one thing we know is that human creativity and innovation has been uniquely human. And a lot of people will argue, well, AI is going to be this and that. And it's, hey, right now in 2023, and as far as I can see, it is not able to innovate the way humans are and make connections between that stuff. It takes existing information and ties it together, and that's how it does it. It can figure out complex, complex math problems, but it cannot figure out something completely new. 
although there are emergent properties that we're now learning about. Um, it's all about asking great questions at this point and innovating by using it as a tool to amplify humans. And I think that's really where I'm going to put my focus on from, for the foreseeable, foreseeable future. And with that, I will end this episode. So stay curious, stay in schooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world, and the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message, and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.